Car Guys Report is up next, but first, take a listen to the other fine OPI show. This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. So Dave, what will people get when they hear Minutia Men? Well, Rick, uh, worthless information about things in the news. Celebrity tidbits, yeah, stories. Cubs trivia. Very little profanity. Nazi stories. And lots of nudity. And that's uh, that's just a taste of what you'll get. Every week, episodes every week. Yep. The Tony Lasano Podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Radiomisfits.com. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Thanks so much for taking some time out and joining us for the ride here on the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. I'm Mark Vernon along with uh, Lou Costable, and a big welcome back to Lou. You are uh, back from points afar, and we've got plenty to talk about, Lou. This is going to be our Car Guys Report Bull Session, because you've been uh, out of town for a while. We haven't seen each other. You're looking tan, rested, and ready from all your uh, uh, trials and uh, fun stuff that you've been doing lately. So uh, let's just uh, talk very briefly uh, what you've been up to in the last uh, five weeks or so. Uh, I did a couple of shows. Uh, uh, solo had a couple of uh, guests on the car guys report in your absence but glad to have you back and uh, what we're kind of going to do on this is we're going to just talk a little bit about what we've been up to then we're going to just bull with Lou for a while and bull with me and then that'll be the show but it's all good stuff as they say in the industry so uh, you were in Arizona for a while or were you in Pennsylvania first I was in Arizona first and then went to uh, Pennsylvania so when I was in Arizona um, and I, I have to say, I feel a little bit like Curly coming back to the Three Stooges, you know, the, the Curly that we all love. Because <laughs> we've had replacements in your yeah, absence. So, and <laughs> so they're like, all right, Shemp is out and Curly Joe is out. And it's time for Lou to come back and sit in with us. So Don't worry, your job is secure. <laughs> yeah, thanks. So um, first I was out in Arizona and Arizona's uh, car trip uh, involved uh, one in particular great garage was uh, I was informed that uh, I was going to be going there, and I went to the garage, and this car garage had everything in it. It had a replica 1893 Benz or something like that that Martha Benz wrote. It had a Model T. It had a 69 Triumph winning race car next to a, uh, uh, I think it was a 69 actually, next to a 63 Jaguar E-Type. Wow. Next to a Land Rover. Uh, that looked like something from Marlon Perkins back in the you know sixties. Here we are on the Serengeti, exactly observing the lions in their natural habitat. Exactly, <laughs> next to a '67 Tornado, next to a very cool cars, by the way. Next to a '73 Porsche uh, uh, Carrera RS uh, uh, touring car, next to a '73 uh, Ferrari Dino. Uh, with a target top uh, next to a 458 Ferrari and, and uh, a Jeff Gordon race car, an Indy car. I mean, just, you know, a 66 Mustang GT350. So really fun garage with just uh, different thoughts. 
But with the car I'm going to mention is the 51 Hudson Hornet. Mm-hmm. So um, I obviously videoed just a few of the cars there, so stay tuned to the... Which you probably had to use every ounce of restraint to go, which ones do I choose instead yeah. of getting everyone in there? Right, right, right. <laughs> so I have to pick and choose from those. So the Hudson Hornet's doing really well on the My Car Story with Lou YouTube channel. So uh, check that out. And then Did that just, have the twin H power yes. in it? Oh, yeah. yeah. You had to have the yeah. twin H. Yeah, That's such so. a great looking engine when you look at it with those giant air cleaners on it. Yeah. It's, just, oh, it's awesome. So so difficult to find those, though. I mean, in that condition, I, I you know, you just don't see many of them. I think it's because Hudson is one of those marks kind of like Nash and maybe even AMC a little bit where you don't have a, a lot of broad collector interest in them, but the the people that are into it are into it obviously and they have awesome examples of those certain cars because hudson hudson's are great cars they have a rich obviously like you know the nascar history because they were pretty much the it back in the early 50s there they were winning all the races and it's just one of those cars or one of those marks that just has it's following it's just not as big or you just don't see them as often as you do obviously the big three or, or some of the other more popular muscle type cars yeah, and, and one of the things that made it such a great car in NASCAR was it sat lower than most cars. Sure, yeah, it had that step-down uh, frame. Yeah, so yeah. You, were, you were a little lower to the ground, yeah. although you're driving this bathtub. Yeah, I know. It's just a monster. So. <laughs> but that lower center of gravity, that helped a lot. Oh, and then yeah. they, had those, they had the twin H-Power engine, and yeah, just cool stuff. Yeah, so that was, that was a lot of fun. And then uh, in uh, Pennsylvania... I was at the Carlisle events, uh, two of them. I was at the Ford Nationals, which was fantastic. Uh, we ended up videoing 24 cars there, which is quite the um, adventure. Sure. It's, it's one of those 4.30 in the mornings you take off from Chicago and work until 1.30 at night editing and things and then get up in the morning and do it again and again and again until you finally come home. And then, of course, when you see the wife, she's like, so are you done with those cars now? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it, was a, it was a fun time, sweetheart. Yeah. How'd you get hooked up with the guy with the uh, the, the huge garage mahal with all those cars? Um, Did you just, like, see something in his backyard and knock on his door? Or? <laughs> yeah, no. How does that happen? Right. Uh, well, fortunately, Mark, at this point, uh, some people will actually reach out to me. And in this particular situation, it was someone who knew him, uh, Matt, and uh, contacted him and said, hey, you might want to see Lou. And by the way, I think he's going to be in Arizona. Okay, cool. I was about two hours away, and uh, we just, you know, pre-scheduled it way in advance. And when I was out there, I was able to stop by. Cool. And just so you know, uh, listeners, uh, if you haven't uh, jogged your memory yet, we're talking about Lou's uh, YouTube channel called My Car Story with Lou. And that's pretty much what Lou's been doing the past few weeks when he's been away from the Car Guys report here is uh, taping uh, lots of very cool cars for the channel and uh, obviously just further enriching his uh, personal knowledge and experience with uh, with cars in general. And you, you had mentioned quickly uh, the Dino that this gentleman had, and you actually got to drive that car? Yeah, that one's going to be coming up on the channel. I got to drive that. So. Cool. And you said that was actually a bucket list item for you. It was a bucket list item because I wanted to drive a Ferrari with a gated shifter. Okay. And I'd driven a Ferrari before, which is really cool to drive just any Ferrari. But uh, uh, there was something about the gated shifter I've always heard about. Oh, sure. Yeah. And for for those who might not know what a gated shifter is, when you look at the shift pattern, there's a metal, basically, it looks almost like a spatula, and you have to put the 
the, the, the lever in between the spatula forks. Yeah, and you'll definitely know that you're in the correct gear. None of yeah. this hunting around for, am I in fourth or, or, or first or second or whatever? And right. Yeah. Yeah, no guessing. So, uh, and it was kind of nice. Matt uh, gave me his mechanic uh, driving in the passenger side. I don't know if that was for insurance to make sure he got his car <laughs> back, but he, uh, he put him in there, and he was very helpful right off the bat. So I think you'll enjoy that. That'll cool. be coming up. It's another thing, too, that I was wondering, that a guy that has th- th- those many cars and also such a wide variety of cars, he would have to have a, a, a what they call a manager or a mechanic or whatever, mm-hmm. because they're the, the people, the very well-heeled collectors that have that many uh, cars actually do have managers uh, that actually keep track of their collection, uh, keep up on the service, and make sure the cars are getting uh, exercised and, and ran and, and, and taken care of. And I was figuring he probably had something like that. So. Well, I'm hoping I become one of those guys. So, you know, let's let's everybody continue to like and share the Car Guys report and share my car story with Lou. <laughs> That's, yeah, I don't know if I can see you with a feather duster cleaning all these cars, but... <laughs> You'd be more like the, I want to drive the thing. Let me take it out and see what it'll do. (laughs) That's for sure. Okay, Lou, we're going to take a quick break here. Sounds good. I have to rotate my tires anyway. We'll be right back. A lot of anchors do that. Yeah, it's a thing. Are you ready? Ah, boy. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. Hi, I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. Let's do it again. What? That wasn't good. No, we messed it all up. What's wrong? What? How? It was going good, and then it went south. No, it didn't. Well, if that went south, see what happens now. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Hi, I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. Back to you on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. I need an agent. Be sure to tune in to Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. Our podcast highlights the best soccer league in the world. The English Premier League. We recap the previous week's games. And preview the upcoming games. I do it from an American point of view. And I do it as an authentic Brit. Accent and all. That's authentic. Right, Governor? Not exactly how I say it. (laughs) We also talk about the local soccer scene because Adam is the Illinois Youth Director of Coaching. If you love soccer. Football. Football. Tune in to Free Kicks. New episodes drop weekly. On the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we're back. Um, some of the stuff I've been up to briefly, uh, one thing that we like to do here on the Car Guys Report is always talk about our personal experience of, experiences with our vehicles because it's real-world uh uh, problems and real world experiences that we have. And uh, we had a session uh, a number of shows ago where I was talking about where I had uh, ran out of gas briefly in my Corvette that I had just purchased. And I was always saying, like, you know, I'm one of these idiots that runs low and, and runs out of gas because that was like the first, literally the first time I had ran out of gas in probably 30 years. And I was blaming it on the erroneous information I was getting from the trip computer, which I have gone on to realize that the thing isn't really worth it. Uh, so I'm, I'm just, anytime the gas gauge goes below half a tank on my Corvette, I am filling up because I just don't trust it at this point. But getting back to the out of gas thing, I did actually run out of gas uh, uh, in my 58 Impala too, about, it was like two or three weeks after I had done so on the Corvette. And I'm like, man, are you an idiot? But that was one of those days, Lou, it was on a Friday afternoon, 
and I was coming uh, actually back from the Car Guys Report or leaving the Car Guys Report warehouse on my way home in the Impala because I had an event that I wanted to go to the next day. And I know that the gas gauge on the Impala is not all that accurate. I did have the uh, fuel uh, level um, sensor uh replaced several years ago because it just died because it was so old and the new one's okay but it kind of gives you maybe i would say an approximation of fuel and i certainly thought i had enough gas to get the mile and a half down the road to the uh, gas station and obviously i did not and i ran out of gas right at an intersection which actually was better because i was the first car in line but the scary thing was the speed limit on that road is like 45 and no hazard flashers on a 58 uh, impala so i'm i'm trying to figure out what to do because I, I wasn't sure I was out of gas right away. And when I realized I was out of gas, I had to kind of wait for the traffic to, to let up because people are just flying by me left and right. They're, they were actually going into the, the right-hand turn lane to go around me. Yeah. And I was lucky that nothing happened because it was pretty scary. Yeah. And a friend of mine who lived, literally, this is a true story, two blocks away, I called him on the phone. He came over with gas. Uh, we went, started up put gas in it, started up, went down to the gas station. So it's like, okay, that's done. So I'm on my way home, and about three weeks prior to this, I had the had, had the oil changed in the Impala. And when I'm about maybe a mile from home, my oil pressure light starts coming on. When I'm like at idle or, or slightly above idle, I'm like, that's weird. Mm. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm so close to, to home, I'm just going to drive home. Because if I once I accelerated, the oil pressure would go back up, and it was fine. So I, I just kind of babied it home, and I looked underneath it, and sure enough, uh, where the uh, oil filter on, on the 58 Impala, you have a cartridge oil filter which actually most cars have gone back to now and on this car it uh, sits near the oil pan it's got like a plate that bolts on underneath sure and something with the gasket or something wasn't seated correctly so i lost about like two and a half quarts of oil because of that so i'm like oh man so i had to get the car i didn't want to top it up and try to drive it back to the place that did the oil change um so I had it towed, uh, and they took care of it. It was it was just one of those things. I don't know if the gasket was bad or they just didn't seat it properly. But the car's fine. There's no there's no issues with the engine or anything. Luckily, and that was the same day. So this all happened in one day. The same day that my girlfriend picked up a nail in her Prius tire and had to get the tire replaced because it was uh, you know one of those nails that goes in on the sidewall and yeah. you can't repair it. So all three things happened <laughs> in one day. So that's what I say. It's like, I think I should put the car keys away and step back for a minute and, yeah. and get, get this day over with. But I guess the highlight of that of that story was uh, the next morning when I had the car uh, towed, um, obviously flatbed towed. I use a, a one towing company that I've had good experiences with and the uh, tow truck operator comes up and he's, he, he said, Hey, I was uh, 14 years old or whatever when that car came out. And so that would have made him like 65 or however old he was 68. And it's like, well, first of all, you know, kudos to the guy for still working at, at 65 or 68 years old and, and, and driving a tow truck and getting cars up onto the flatbed and stuff because he was, you know, by himself. But the cool thing was he was so excited because, you know, they're usually just towing, you know, like Toyotas and, and cars that have been in wrecks. And he was so excited about seeing this car. And he took, he took pictures of it. And he was telling me that he had, a, a, I think it was a Model A that his dad had that he's restoring and stuff. So it was yeah. cool. It's just that connection yeah. that the car made between us two. And it was cool to have a guy that's a tow truck operator, obviously, being a car guy, too. So that was just kind of refreshing to, to have that little experience. And then speaking of oil, 
I managed to uh, finally get the oil changed in my Mercedes, too. Um, I decided I wanted to do it myself. And, you know, you might be listening to us thinking, like, God, changing oil is no big deal. But in a modern car, it's not as easy as you think because some, some modern cars don't even have oil drain plugs anymore. So you have to use one of those suction devices to, to suck the oil. Yeah, I do not. Works. Well, it's, it's just basically I don't have one, but a lot of them do that because it's easier. Um, it just stick. You, it, it's like a wand that goes down into the dipstick, and then it's just a suction, either a, like a hand crank, or I guess they they probably some that are electric too, and it just sucks the oil out. And I I don't know if I just would would feel that that wouldn't get all the oil out. I think you're always better just having gravity drain for twenty minutes or half hour, you know, out of a drain plug. But if you don't have a drain plug then that's really the only way you can do it. But some cars then, on the, on the, on the converse of that, like my uh, 2011 Porsche 911, which is a 997.2, that engine does not have a dipstick, but it has a drain plug. So you couldn't even use an oil suction on that. You have to just drain the oil out because there's no dipstick. It's electronic. So the thing is, when you change the oil on the Porsche, you have to be careful not to overfill it because that's what happened last year. And I was getting a check oil level, even though the oil level was reading full, it was telling me that it's too full. So some oil had to be drained out uh, to get it back into its uh, range between low and high. So when I did the oil this this year myself on the Porsche, um, I took about a week to, to just carefully get the oil level up to where it's full, but not over full. So just it's not as easy as it used to be and the mercedes that the hardest part of the mercedes was that it has a normal drain plug on it uh, 13 millimeter uh that's no problem it's got the uh, cartridge oil filter right on top of the engine which is uh you needed a 27 uh, millimeter socket and it's just basically that just unscrews and you pull the, the element out but underneath most modern cars these days lou as i'm sure you know there's just a ton of these plastic splash shields that just you know they do it for aerodynamics and things like that but they're just a pain in the butt because this big, big piece of molded plastic. It's pretty flimsy. They're always held on by like eight or nine or ten little like kind of sheet metal screws. And they're just a pain in the butt to try to put up because they're big. You know, you're underneath the car. You're at a weird angle. You don't have a lot of light. And you're sitting there screwing this stuff down. And they never like seem like they want to fit back exactly like they should but they do somehow but the mercedes has three of these things underneath and i wasn't sure at first which ones i had to take off because it's hard to tell and i finally realized after taking the two front ones off that it's an actual third one in back was where the oil drain plug is and there's eight screws holding this thing on and it slides in between a bunch of stuff so putting it back on i had to be careful to make sure that i got it slid in correctly and just that took longer than just doing the actual oil change on it and then you know these modern cars too have much bigger a lot of them have much bigger crankcases too like on the porsche and the mercedes i'm putting close to nine quarts of oil in on an oil mm. change so wow. it's like yeah so nothing's easy anymore but at least i had the you know the the pride to say hey i did it myself and and the nice thing about and then the other thing too that you have to watch out today these days is a lot of the cars have the uh, uh maintenance reminders and some of them have actual like algorithms that tell you like when your oil needs to be changed and some of this stuff you can reset yourself other ones you can't and the porsche the 911 as far as i know i've never had any kind of um indicator uh maintenance indicator on that so i don't know if that one has one i know my cayenne has one and you can't 
reset that yourself. You either have to take it to the dealer or a or a shop that has the like. I think you can do it through a uh, OBD two reader, but I'm not positive. But the Mercedes has a as a maintenance reminder. But online, I was able to find instructions on how to, how to do it uh, with just using the uh, menus on the car and it worked out great. I, I just scrolling through, you have to get into certain sub menus and then just say uh, full service has been performed, reset it. And it actually worked. So it's just like nothing is easy anymore. I'm telling you. So maybe you're better off just not doing your own oil changes like you do. Yeah. <laughs> just leave it to the professionals as they say. Well, cause... if it took you a week to make sure it's all full, I would consider that awful. Well, I'll, yeah, but also too, it's not a week of continuous driving. I mean, I, I literally, topped it up and i was that the day i changed you i was make, making sure just doing it little by little and i got it up into the totally between the minimum and the maximum and then the next time i drove the car i checked it again and figured out how much i had to add and yeah then well this is why you there, have a girlfriend so. yeah see, i have <laughs> my both, wife under yeah. the car with yeah, the wrenches and that quickly eliminates me from having to get under there <laughs> That's uh, I'll remember that one. Okay, good. <laughs> if you uh, like what we're doing here on the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive, be sure to tell a friend about what we do here. You can follow us on Twitter at Car Guys Podcast on Twitter. You can also email us. We'd love to hear your uh, comments, suggestions, uh, just uh, enter- any entertaining stories or things that you might like us to talk about here on the Car Guys Report. Our email is Car Guys Report. Couldn't be simpler than that. At Hotmail. Com. I'm Mark Vernon, along with uh, Lou Costable. Uh, you're listening to the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Lou recently uh, returned from his uh, journey, uh, taping tons of cars. Um, I know you had talked about some of the cars from the Garage Mahal. What were a couple other cool uh, vehicles that you uh, saw uh, on your journey? Well, the, the ones I decided to tape, I mean, they were all fantastic. And I'll, I'll go back to the that Garage Mahal, but... Um, Clearly, clearly, the one that's that's done the best is the uh, um, the Hudson Hornet. Mm-hmm. I mean that that I I didn't you know you that never... kind of surprises me because I know that they're you don't see them everywhere, but I tend to see them probably you know of all the car shows I go to in a summer I'll probably hit fifty shows I'd probably see a Hudson and a Hornet usually it's a Hudson Hornet maybe half the time so wow. they're not su- they're not unbelievable I don't know that's been my experience but yeah. Maybe I'm thinking back to the days of the orphan car show that I used to go to where, yeah. you know, 12 Hudsons would show up at one time. Or yeah, because so. you, don't, you don't seem to see them that often. Um, the other thing is you never know what's going to hit on the channel. I mean, you, it's a little bit like taking wet toilet paper and throwing it against the wall and see what sticks. So um, another car that, uh, that I did think would do pretty well was a, a 60 Imperial Crown two-door hardtop. And uh, that's a car that I wanted to video for a while. It, it's it's not only glamorous, luxurious, but the Imperials were Chrysler's Cadillac. Or, sure, or, it was it was Chrysler's, Chrysler's response to the Lincoln, um, actually the Continental and the um, Cadillac, because Imperial yeah. became its own mark right. at one point. So and that and we had talked about this on an earlier program where if you're looking for an Imperial specifically, you have to make sure that you hit about three different keywords. You have to look at Chrysler Imperial, Imperial, and maybe just Chrysler in general, because people always don't list them as it being its own mark. Yeah. So that was that that car is amazing because uh, just the tail fins on it alone are are spectacular mm-hmm. I and mean, you can put a billboard on the side of that car and it's going to be seen so that was that was surprisingly good um 
other than that, I mean, uh, uh, you know, anytime you get a car that uh, – every car has a story. So everybody's enthusiastic about their cars. Um, I do want to have a little game with you here. I'm going to pick three cars. Sure. And we're going to have the game. Now, this is just based on Lose My Car Story yeah. channel. This isn't the entire Internet globe. Yeah, this is not the whole highly defined metrics of the, of the Internet world. And I'm going to mix them up, and you tell me which one you think has the most views. All right? I'll do my best. And I think I, I know there's going to be some surprises here because I do remember you know, several years ago when you did my sob that that was leading for a while. It had a ton of hits, and you wouldn't just expect something like that compared to you know a muscle car or something like that so go ahead so, uh, so here's see how wrong i'll be here here's <laughs> here's three all right 66 chevy corvair corsa convertible in regal red okay that's numero uno number two in this guesstimate is a 70 ford boss mustang introductory show car which means this was wow. before the boss came okay out, and there were 11 of them made that basically toured before the Ford dealers had it. So that's cool. number two. And number three is the 2018 Ford GT in super silver. So which one do you think would be I'm going to go with the Corvair. Views? The winner by views correct in the Corvair with 3,500 wow. views. And this was done for a while ago. So mm-hmm. it's not like one I did yesterday. Sure. So you've got, so you've got is, history on people seeing it. This is a little history and they've kind of slowed down. I, I think what do you think number two? Uh, okay, well, I was going to just get back to the Corvair real quick. I think reason why that's uh, attracting a lot of uh, people's attention is because there's a lot of people out there that just don't know or remember what a Corvair was. And when they find out that it was this rear engine, air-cooled six-cylinder that GM made, and they made performance variants of it like what you had, it's just like, wow, that's cool. And some people said, oh, it was GM's response to the Porsche. It's like, well, not exactly, but it was you know the kind of a sporty economy kind of car and different. And I think that's why people did it. Number two is probably the Boss. The Boss is correct. Wow, you are, you're I two am for two here. Yes, the Boss was uh, two thousand one hundred thousand or two two thousand one hundred hits on the seventy Boss uh, Ford. Uh, the Boss 302 Ford Mustang, which was the introductory show car, one of 11 made, and That's they were cool. all in yellow. Wow. I think the reason why, and I've kind of noticed this on your channel, is a lot of times the, the, the supercars, or even you might even call the the, Ford, the new Ford GT a hypercar because it's just you know so, so advanced and so limited production and everything, that I think people just don't know what to make of those sometimes, and they just see, seem like they're too unobtainable. And I think a car like a Corvair or that boss is seems like it's something that people can relate to a little bit more. And I think that's one of the reasons there's a little psychology that goes on there. I mean, they're all awesome cars. Don't get me wrong, but I've seen that before when you've done some like Lamborghinis and maybe some Maseratis or whatever, um, they don't necessarily get as many hits as you would think they would. And I even noticed it with some of the cars that you had videotaped that I owned. So you just never know, but this was not rehearsed. I was just totally guessing there, but trying educated guessing, obviously. And yeah. <laughs> We're going to have a couple more cars on each episode that we'll have Mark guess. And, of course, you can guess, too. We'll give you a paused moment to figure out which cars. Yeah, that's cool. Awesome. If you like the uh, Car Guys Report Informed Automotive, be sure to check out some of the other programs that are available on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Shows like Back to You. It's an OPI show, and it's available only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. On Back to You, legendary Chicago TV personalities Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville talk about life, travel, food, and the long list of what? 
bugs them. Plus, you never know when one of their many famous pals might stop by. It's back to you. It's an Opie show. You can catch it on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. That's where it is available only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. And we are the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. We are RadioMisfits.com show, too. And I'm Mark Vernon, along with Lou Costable. We're just uh, having a general bull session here because uh, Lou and I haven't seen each other for a number of weeks as Lou's been busy uh, taping uh, plenty of cars out in Arizona and Pennsylvania for My Car Story with Lou, his very popular YouTube channel. While I've been struggling changing oil on my Mercedes and running out of gas in my Impala... But that's what happens when you're a car guy, right? On my uh, 1992 Corvette, Lou, I uh, had that in the shop for about a week and a half. I went to a Corvette specialist here locally. Just wanted to get some of the what I call niggly stuff taken care of. You know, like whenever you buy a a used car, there's always a buck, not a bucket list, but a checklist, punch list of stuff that you want to get taken care of. Obviously, I always like to do all the fluid changes, you know, so that's been done. I had the brake fluid changed. I did the oil and the filter, the air filter things like that but there's always like little things that pop up that you're not sure you know well i don't know how to fix that or whatever and one of the problems i was having on the uh on the c4 is uh if you were in the car and you had the windows up and you would power either passenger or driver's side window down and then like if you're going through a drive through then you go to put the, the window back up the windows were not going up uh to hug the uh a pillars so they were going up kind of Outwards, So they weren't, you know, there'd be like a two inch gap at the wow. top. And the weird thing is because if you would um, roll the window down, then open the door, put the window up and then close the door, the windows would be seated properly. So the problem was two things. There's some little guides that wear out uh, in the and mainly in the driver's side, because that's the window that's going to get the most use uh, over a course of 27 years. But the main thing was the rear weather uh, the rear roof weather strip on the uh, C4 uh, apparently had been replaced uh, somewhere along the line on my car. And there's two kinds. I, I learned this because I did not know this. There's two kinds of weather strip you can buy for Corvettes. And apparently weather stripping is something that goes out a lot on these cars because there's a lot of it around because the way that the removable roof panel works and things like that is there's uh, what's called EPDM, which is a harder rubber, and then there's the factory uh, latex-type rubber that they used. And you want to use the latex because it compresses and it has give, where the hard stuff doesn't give at all. And I think the problem is when the windows are trying to go up and you have that hard weather stripping, they're not able to push in on that, so they just kind of ride outwards so they spent like two hours taking out the the old weather strip and they said like they were cursing the guy that did the replacement because they had way too much glue in there so they had to clean all the glue out they put the latex strip in and the windows work great now so they go up and down and they work just like they should so it wasn't a cheap fix because there's a lot of labor but it's just one of those things that you know again this niggly little stuff that you want to get taken care of and the other niggly thing i had done on the car was um and I think we had mentioned this before. On the 92 uh, Corvettes, the C4s, they had an early version of uh, tire pressure monitoring, which you know I'm sure you're familiar with because you have a lot of new cars. Um, 
And the uh, system they used on the Corvette was each wheel had a different sensor on a different frequency, and you had to make sure that it was always the the left sensor for the right uh, left front is always on the left front. So if you even rotate your tires, it could be a problem. And they don't make uh, reproduction uh, parts for those anymore. So if you find an original part somewhere, it's like three hundred bucks per wheel, and it's just insane. No one's going to spend twelve hundred dollars to get their little light to turn off, even though the tire pressure is fine. And Again, I mean, I know the tire pressure is fine because I keep tabs on that, but the service a low tire pressure warning system light was coming on after a few miles of driving because obviously I think the sensors are just gone after 27 years and the computer isn't reading its its values. So it's just one of these things that's just pain because I, I hate having a light on when you're driving. So they went in and they just took the bulb out, which is great. So some of the best $81 I ever spent to yeah. get the bulb removed because it's just like just one of those things. But yeah, so the, so actually the C4 is in pretty good shape right now. I think I've pretty much done everything that I need to do on it for now. Um, and then maybe uh, in the spring, I'll, I'll be doing a few more things. Uh, the Firebird is still at the body shop. I got new uh, wheel trim and rocker trim for that car reproduction, but it's supposed to be GM um, licensed and it's hopefully will fit. Okay. Cause I know that's one of the problems as we all know with reproduction parts, parts, uh, depending on where they're manufactured and who's doing the manufacturing. But um, hopefully I'll be getting that back, hopefully, in a little while. And it'll look really sharp with the new uh, the, the new wheel well trim. I was originally not going to do that, but then uh, when the two pieces were taken off on the one side, I brought them back here to the Car Guys Report warehouse to clean them up a little bit. And they're, they're a little more ratty than I remembered, so I wanted to just get that done. So, uh, so I decided to buy new ones. So uh, that's pretty much where I am with uh, all my cars. Everything else uh, that I own is uh, pretty much uh, status quo. I've got uh, a little bit of uh, things to investigate on the Saab, and I uh, just have to finally get around to uh, getting things uh, cleaned up and detailed. We had a guest on, in your absence, uh, Roger Rexroad, who is a, a detailer kind of on the side, and he gave me some good ideas on how to get the cars cleaned up and things like that. So... We'll see uh, if I follow through. But he did make the offer. He said he would uh, come over and detail one of my cars. So I think I'm going to... I'll put him on the Impala. That'll take him about three days to do. <laughs> put him on the big car. In the most chrome possible. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, Lou, when you're out uh, in Arizona or Pennsylvania, do you just rent a car or what do you use for transportation when you're out of the area here? When I'm in Arizona, I've got a car out there. You do? So I, Anything cool or is it? Yeah, Jaguar XKR. Okay, so you, oh, that's where you keep your Jag then? Yeah. Okay, I, for some reason I thought it was local here, but you actually keep it out there. Well, I did bring it back. Okay. That, I, I, I'm not uh, fond that I brought it back, but uh, the interesting story when I brought it out there, of course, I brilliantly brought it brought it out there at the end of April, which is the beginning of May. Yeah, and then I got caught in a snowstorm. Okay, in the yeah, panhandle. So. Uh, <laughs> Where the snow was literally going, you know, hor- uh, instead of going Sideways. up and down, it was going uh, horizontal across the windshield, and I was watching trucks all off the road. But obviously, I made it through. So, so yeah, I just wondered. Then, what, obviously, when you're in Pennsylvania, because you don't have a residence there, you're just doing a rent a car or something, or do you get shuttled around with one of the the, the hot shots at yeah, the uh, nationals you're a big or hot what? Shot like I am, they come and pick you up. So it is a golf cart, but they still come and pick <laughs> me up. 
<laughs> it would be cool if you if you could arrange it though to have a have one of the um, uh, guys running the show pick you up in one of the uh, well the, cool like Ford uh, whatever. Yeah, truth be told, they do pick me up from the airport, and a lot of times it's one of the owners comes out and picks me up in something really cool, and then uh, he brings me back to the golf cart. So, yeah, okay. But the golf cart, <laughs> hey, and I that's love, how you actually get around the yeah, grounds, then, you right? Want the yeah. Golf cart. Yeah. It's eighty one acres of car show. Wow. If you've never gone out yeah. there, it's half swap meet, half car show. And uh, believe me, I definitely feel uh, very important to have a golf cart. So, and they're quiet too. Right? Is this an electric yeah. one or a gas? Yeah, one? regular, regular. It's, I think it's a gas one because it makes some noise. Okay. Can I share a quick golf story? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So I'm out in uh, Carlisle, and uh, I happen to see Gary Patterson, who's uh, uh, I would put him as more than an acquaintance of mine. I would put him in the friend category. And Gary Patterson's the president of Shelby American, and this is at the Ford National. So. You know, I mean, they know what a Shelby Mustang is out there. So I noticed uh, Gary was with his wife, and I met his wife for the first time. And I asked her, I said, uh, have you seen the cars yet? And she says, no, we've just been walking. I said, oh, really? You don't have a cart? I said, well, here's my golf cart keys, and you can ah. come. And me and my son, who does the editing, will sit in the back, and you and Gary. So so we had, everybody was running around, and Gary, you know, we had a good time with Gary. But what Gary did do, which is really great, is he introduced me to Lee Holman, of Holman and Moody, who's the uh, president of that. So okay. that's kind of cool. So. Cool. Yeah, see, you you, you uh, hobnob with the big wigs, <laughs> and uh, I sit there and struggle changing my oil on my Mercedes. So, <laughs> or, or running out of gas. Or running out of and, gas in two and, cars. Yeah, well, the fun part about you running out of gas was I didn't hear you tell me about the Teslas that were driving <laughs> yeah. by and beeping. You know, but thank goodness your Prius had a flat tire, yeah. too, so we eliminated any of that. Electric, yeah, it's all in electric, one day, though. Yeah, literally. electric that was the versus worst. gas thing. That was the worst. If you like what we do here on the Car Eyes Report, Informed Automotive, and we certainly uh, hope that you do. You can uh, listen, subscribe, and rate us. It's the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. You can catch it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play. You can just search for Radio Misfits, and you get all the Radio Misfits programs. You can also just search for the Car Guys Report. And uh, please take a few moments when you're listening to it to uh, rate us. We have got several uh, five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Certainly appreciate our loyal listeners uh, for giving us those, and um, we certainly would appreciate uh, more positive feedback. And also, too, when you subscribe to our podcast, you get a uh, automatic notification that we have uh, a new episode up, so you always stay informed and up-to-date with what we're doing here on the Car Guys Report. And just remember, too, that uh, whenever you want to listen to uh, any podcast on the Radio Misfits podcast network it is totally free and it's uh, listening at uh, your specifications whenever you want at home in the car on your mobile device and you can always uh, replay stop fast forward whatever you want and that's the beauty of a podcast i'm mark vernon along with uh, luke costable certainly appreciate uh, you having us uh, along for uh the ride here on the uh, car guys report uh i know we've been talking about some of the cars you got coming up on the channel lou are there a couple more that you'd like to uh, highlight right now yeah sure there's uh, a couple of them that i think that are some real fun ones uh there's a 56 dodge custom royal lancer there's a 70 mercury cougar eliminator with a boss 302 engine uh, and then for some new stuff i've got a 2019 dodge challenger red eye by hearst so you might want to take a look at that. The red, uh, what exactly was the red eye? Because I know they kept, you know, they had the demon, obviously. And then was the red eye the wide-bodied one or? So so as I understand it, you first had the Hellcat. Yeah. And that was the 70, 700, yeah. 700 horsepower 
monster. And then they upped that game by putting out, I think it was like 3,000. Somebody can correct me. 3,000 uh, demons, demons, which yeah. were wide-bodied, so to speak. Factory and, drag car. And then they actually went backwards a little bit uh, from 840 horse to uh, the Hellcat, which is uh, 795 yeah. or 794 or 790 horsepower. Um, and this one is uh, customized by uh, GSS, which is the uh, Heritage Edition of Hearst. So it actually looks kind of like a 68 Hearst Oles. Oh, cool. Yeah, so that was kind of neat. That's neat. How many of those do they make, do you know? Well, I guess it's uh, based on how many people will pay for the uh, edition. It's almost like you buy the Mustang and oh, sure. send it to Shelby. Okay, yeah. Buy the, or buy Saline the, or whatever. And You buy the Red Eye. Yeah. Hellcat, okay, and, and then, then you, you bring it to GSS gotcha. out in Oregon, and okay, and uh, a guy named Larry Weiner puts those together. He's still connected with uh, Mr. Norm, so there's a little Mr. Norm in there. There's a little, <laughs> you know. I mean, he he's actually on the videos. So, cool, yeah. that sounds great. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, we will talk about Lee Iacocca. We will remember uh, Lee Iacocca, and we'll also talk about something that's pretty interesting: the dwarf. Car Museum. Hmm, what could that be all about? Well, you'll find out on the next episode of the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive. Thanks so much for uh, listening to this episode of the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive. I'm Mark Vernon along with uh, Lou Costable. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with OPIShows.com. OPI is hippo spelled backwards O P P I H shows.com it's distributed by ed silha with radio misfits great talk radio isn't dead it just moved to a better place radiomisfits.com the proceeding was a presentation of opi productions find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts including opishows.com thank you this has been a presentation of opi productions tony can you shut up hey this is tony losano and if you like podcasts well i'm the guy that you want to meet well maybe but i do have my own called nude hippo the podcast and I do it with uh, many members of and friends, uh, including Kimmy. Hello. We feature some of the coolest guests like... Brian Cheverini, Ginger Z, Mr. Skin, Tom Dreesen, and so many more. These are like milestone interviews. They're timeless. So this way, you could pick it up at any point. I suggest you start from the beginning. Nude Hippo, the podcast, and Opie Show. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. <laughs> Coming to the Radio Misfits Podcast Network... That's us. I'm Kimmy. I'm Sam. And I am Tommy right here. We're going to talk about Florida men. We're going to talk about paranormal stories. We're going to talk about uh, city stuff. Sex talk. Sex talk. And sex talk. And yeah, sex talk will come up. But only if it's brought up. We got to keep that on the DL. So come meet your new friends with and friends on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, RadioMisfits.com, and Opi Production. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, it's the ever-escalating costs of pickup trucks, plus a special segment as we remember Lee Iacocca. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Costable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.